0: And welcome back to another episode of Blossom Down. We are your hosts. I am Stephen Weed. He is Walter Lukasensky. Before I toss it over there to Walt, we want you to know this episode is brought to you by TabEase.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure to use promo code Football for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping. Wally, it's been a week. I miss you. Uh my couch actually still has like your indent in there, and it also misses you. How are you, bud? You're rocking the pink. I love it.
1: You got to rock the pink. I know you say you're the pastel king or whatever, but I try to be my best to that's be the prince, prince for you. King. Well, if you're the prince, that's fine. And I guess I'll have to be some kind of duke or something. But uh, that's that works. I can take that. Uh, we'll have David back next week. I'm sure a lot of you guys don't know what's going on with him. We're going to have our season preview episode next week, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But, Stephen, before uh, we get into hypotheticals and other things going on, what's going on in your world?
0: A whole bunch of nothing. I'm still recovering from the Chicago trip for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Got a couple fun things planned here for Ohio State, kicking off their weekend, got a birthday brunch, maybe a barbecue, and then just going out and just getting obliterated because now I have two full days to fully recover. We got Monday off for Labor Day. Supposed to be gorgeous. Hopefully get a little golf in there. I can't wait. I'm tired of working.
1: I hear that. This last weekend, though, got to give a little shout out to some of our loyal listeners from the beginning. Got two special in-person fantasy drafts I got to go to. One over here in Pittsburgh with the Hoffners and all of their friends and family that we've been doing this league for a while. And then up there, Northeast Ohio, David and my crew from Walsh Jesuit, we had a bunch of us get together for a draft there. And that was just an awesome time. I'm already excited to possibly go up and watch a game with them this year. But Again, I have to give them a shout-out because they've been loyal listeners since the very beginning for us. But I have to ask you my last hypothetical of the year. Since we are getting into football next week, we're going to start going away from that a little bit. Well,
0: this is news to me. I'm kind of upset. I thought I
1: had this for months to come, but okay. If we did, it'd be like three-hour episodes, and I think we both agree that maybe we hold the hypotheticals in March. Okay, I like that. So this one's pretty straightforward. Not a lot of explaining it's – Going to be hard to really not understand it. But I can give you $1 billion. That's a B $1 billion tax free. The only catch is you only have five years to live. Do you take the billion dollars in five years? Or you say, you know what? You're going to be like one of those people online and be like, hey, you know what? I don't want that money. I want to grind to get mine.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, and grind to get mine. That's for sure. A billion dollars, but you only have five years to live. So that would put me right about 34, 35. Just kind of what my life expectancy was when I was 16 is what I thought is how long I would live. That's tricky. God. Because it's either you sit there and you regret it for however long. And with my luck, I die in four years. and like, wow, I could have just died in three with a billion dollars. But instead, I... I grinded, was miserable the whole time, and now I'm dead regardless. So with that, you know, fuck it. I'm taking the billion dollars. I'm going to live the most lavish lifestyle over those five years put myself in an early grave. How many times have you seen these people hit the lottery? I know it's not a billion dollars, but then they lose it all, and then they're back to working their construction job, being a school teacher, whatever it may be. That's not me. I'm going to spend the full billy, and I'm going to die a happy man. Money doesn't buy happiness. It buys everything else.
1: I really expected to be the one taking your side. So the fact that you're with me, it, I don't think it's a, it's a, even a question for me. I'm taking the money. I'm probably gonna be one of those lottery people that within three years I'm out of the billion dollars already, and I just have two sad years to live. But this way, you get to travel with your teams. You get to do whatever the hell you want. Go on vacations wherever you want. It's basically just forfeiting your life up to retirement and then getting five super retirement years. That's all you're doing. So for me, I don't even think it's a doubt. You cash that check tomorrow. I have whatever that be about 2000 days left and I will use every single one of them.
0: All five years. I'm assuming you're going to be paying for Raiders season tickets.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, if I had a billion dollars, I'm probably sitting next to Mark Davis in the damn owner suite. Do you want to sit next to Mark Davis? He's probably got P.F. Chang's right there in that building. It's just something to think about.
0: That's true. That is true. I'll be rocking Lighting a bowl a cig- cut next to him. Lighting a cigarette on the Al Davis torch, just sitting there, just enjoying life. I like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly.
1: I just got to figure out what color jumpsuit I'd be wearing. If I've got the bowl cut and I got to be Mark Davis's buddy, I, I think I got to go with either silver or black, right? If he's got the white one.
0: Well, yeah, a combination of both. You can have a silver one, you can have a black one. When you have a silver one for your away games, a black one for the home games.
1: See, this is easy. This wasn't even that hard of a hypothetical.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'd make it five years. I think I'd be dead in two. But it'd be worth it. It'd be worth it. That's enough of us talking about early graves. We want to kick it over to the NFL stories. Before we do, we want you to know this week's NFL stories are brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're around Wally and I's age where it feels like there's college graduations, weddings, baby pictures, baby showers, wedding showers, bachelor parties, whatever it may be. feel like they're happening every weekend. The only way to go is abbyturnerphoto.com. Abby Turner Creative. You can check her out for yourself, again, on abbyturnerphoto.com at A-B-B-E-Y Abby. Or you can check it out on Instagram at SawDad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. Interesting stories this week in the NFL. Not Too, too much, but enough to get the juices flowing a little bit. First and foremost, we had Matt Areza, the punk god, getting cut by the Buffalo Bills after the allegations of him and a couple teammates gang-raping a 17-year-old while they were in San Diego State last year. Good riddance, goodbye. You're never going to be in the NFL again, dude. Why did it take Buffalo this long, Wally? I kind of phrased it bad. I know it didn't seem like it was that long, but with the stories coming out about them not knowing, but all of a sudden they knew they weren't reaching out. Why did it take Buffalo this long?
1: It's a great question because like you said, stories are coming out now that the bills knew about this in the draft process. They were aware of the allegations. He had already confessed to what would be statutory rape. He claimed it was consensual sex at the time. To me, this just shows the state of the NFL. We were so quick, myself, you, the world to get on Cleveland for what they did with Deshaun Watson This just shows how desperate teams are to win, that they were willing to take this on a punter. They were willing to take this PR hit. And it's not fun to admit, but had this not come out for a year, had it been two years down the road, the Bills would have stuck with their guy. They would have claimed it was an allegation. They were going to trust due process, all of that. It just, again, I I get frustrated because, we're all just so fast to say this is such a a Brown thing. And you saw the the memes. Browns guaranteed contract coming out. A lot of these NFL teams are doing it. And I think it's just, unfortunately, where we're at in the league, winning is everything.
0: It's sick and twisted. The story, how we go about it, strictly because of winning. Winning will clear everything. But it's a, miss, a messy situation right after the Deshaun Watson debacle. The NFL can never get their image right. And this is only making it worse. It's a bad look that's never getting better, it seems like. Just right when you think that maybe they have a sliver of getting something right, here's another story that people are dragging their feet on. If it's either in the organization of the Buffalo Bills or the NFL as a whole, nothing can ever look good for the NFL right now. And my God, we can't do anything. They need to do something about it. We can sit here and bitch and complain all we want. But until the NFL actually does something right, I guess we can't really be that surprised that they're just yet again fucking up one more time.
1: And the last thing I'd add on this just before we go on is you go back and look at draft day. There was, I think it was Sam coach is how you pronounce it. The punter from Penn state wrong. He was drafted before him. There was another punter draft in the fifth or sixth round as well, where going into the draft, it was Matt Areza was going to go way higher than everybody. He's the punt God. And this just made you wonder how many teams possibly you'd imagine a good amount of them knew that were in the, the hunter or the punter sweepstakes in the draft and the bills understanding that there's not a lot of holes on their team thought, Hey, this might be the guy that can push us over the top in snowy January. You get a 50 yard punt, ice a team deep. It can change an entire season for a team. So yeah, it's a kind of a gross situation all the way around, but I guess we're kind of getting used to it, as sad as that is to say. Brian but-
0: Robinson is now in stable condition after being shot multiple times Sunday in at an attempted carjacking. If you don't know, Brian Robinson is the rookie running back for the Washington Commies. This was hours after being named the starter that this situation happened. Now, luckily, his shot kind of went went right in, right out, didn't hit any tendons, no muscles. He's not going to have any further injuries. He's actually put on Washington's injured reserve list, and they're hoping that, A, he's not going to rush his way back to being healthy, but they're still optimistic that maybe a week five start or at least his – what's the word I want to look for? His – I don't know, his his first game in the NFL. There's, there's Debut? A Jesus Christ, yes. Hoping that his week five debut will happen. Obviously, they're not going to be rushing anything. Um, I, I have a funny – I have a fun side story that I saw over the videos. I don't know if you saw it, but what did you think of – the Brian Robinson incident that happened this past weekend.
1: First of all, it was, it's scary. Anytime you hear anything like this, it was very lucky. I, I think uh, Garafolo of NFL Network said it best. He's lucky to have lived, first of all. you're Anytime you're involved like something like this, you're lucky to have come out with your life. So the fact that there's even more luck associated with this, that his knee is completely fine. He got shot in the ass, which sucks, but if you're going to get shot, that's a good place to find it. Being put on the NFL non- injury or non-football injury list was a really smart move. And I actually really appreciate it from Ron Rivera and that staff because as you said, he's not going to be rushed back now. He is out four weeks. It's like the pup list. So he gets to make sure he's healthy. He's fully back. And now Antonio Gibson, he's going to have a shot to really win that job and make it hard for Brian Robinson once he comes back to get it. But Yeah, this was a a scary situation, a scary story that came out of nowhere. And he was just named the starter a few hours earlier, or at least believed to be the starter a few hours earlier. Thank God he's fine. And it sounds like we'll be seeing him sooner rather than later, which is great news.
0: Very, very lucky situation. All things considered, you know, like you said, first, first and foremost, thank God the dude's alive. And thank God with, you know, people don't understand how hard these players work. Especially a Brian Robinson who knew no one knew who this person was on the planet Earth four weeks ago. You know, doesn't mean this guy's not grinding his tail off to be able to get to the starting position where you thought maybe Antonio Gibson had it locked up. For him to do this and then, and of all places for a wrong carjacking shooting to happen, it's in Washington. Doesn't matter if it was 20 years ago, 20 days ago, they still have Sean Taylor on the mind of something similar outside of a home invasion and carjacking. It's, it's an aggravated robbery, you know, assault, whatever it may be. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know the legal terms of it, but what I thought was really awesome was hey, the dude was out of the hospital within two days. He was back in the facility within two days and the videos were showing of all the coaches coming up and hugging him, obviously saying, hope you're doing okay. We're going to get you Right. Here comes Brian Robinson with snacks, his rookie duties of bringing in sweets and snacks. Here he, he hands a sleeve of Oreos to what I think is his running back coach. The dude's like, all right, you just got fucking shot and you want to give me a sleeve of Oreos to make sure you're doing your rookie duties. I love that. They don't make people like Brian Robinson anymore. I I wish him a speedy recovery and hopefully he's kicking ass this year in fantasy football and, and in general on the field.
1: What helps too, and I'm happy for him is that, as an Alabama Crimson Tide player or former player, there's people in that fraternity throughout the NFL. So there's going to be so much outpouring of love and support for this guy, not only just in Washington, but from other players, from other fan bases. Everybody's rooting for the guy now. That's the the silver lining you can take away from this, is everybody got to see how special of a person this guy is and how hard of a worker he is. And again, everybody's pulling for the dude.
0: And. And if you're not polling for the dude, there's something wrong with you. We love this story. Doesn't matter if it's football, Americans in general. A good comeback story. Now I want to say this we're giving this guy a second chance, but a comeback story. Here we go. I am fully on the Brian Robinson train. I will be keeping my eyes out on him, hopefully for a very long period of time. But for the short future, you know, I'm rooting for him till further notice. Jimmy Garoppolo. AKA Alex Moran. Alex, oh. I, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call Alex Moran as attractive looking as Jimmy G, and Jimmy G is way more talented. But I love the BMS reference. He is back at San Francisco on a reworked deal. So if you guys don't know, they were able to restructure his contract all the way to about six and a half cap hit for him. It is going to be incentive based. So if he does have the opportunity to play, if that's maybe Trey Lance isn't getting it, he's injured, and Jimmy G does have to come in, he has a contract that can go all the way up to 16 mil. to be a backup quarterback is not too bad. Very awkward situation. Nothing but support and love from Trey Lance and his teammates about how he's controlling the situation because it's not an easy one. And now all of a sudden he kind of finds himself in a poor man's Tom Brady situation that he was on the other side of a few years ago. Do you think it's smart for San Fran to keep Jimmy G on this roster? Or what do you think about the move overall?
1: It's weird. I got to give San Francisco credit. They had the balls to go up to a guy and ask him to take a $20 million discount. I mean, they basically played the hypothetical game but in reverse for Jimmy G. Like, do you want to play for a champion? Sit on the bench. We'll try to get you moved by October with an incentive-laden contract. But this was a great move for San Francisco. They freed up $20 million in cap space immediately. Yeah, you're right. The incentives can get him up close to $16 million, But his base salary was twenty four point two going into this. This is a great move for them. They have now a backup that sounds like has a great relationship with their young quarterback and Trey Lance. Trey Lance loves having this guy back. And again, he's a better man than me. He is not yeah. he has not been a distraction this offseason where it would be very easy to say I want to go somewhere that wants me to play. And instead, he has sat back, understand Understanding that Trey Lance is the future, that he is the quarterback in San Francisco going forward, and took a $20 million pay cut to do it, I again, much better man than me. It makes me also root for Jimmy Garoppolo wherever he ends up.
0: Would you rather have a $6.5 million contract or get traded to the Detroit Lions?
1: The thing that sucks, too, is he's in California. It's $6.5 million and you're paying the California state tax. I mean, you're not getting $6.5 million, So... Go play for Detroit where there's all of a sudden there's a lot of optimism and you'd immediately get that. You imagine starting job over Jared Goff. I think I would rather take the Detroit job if I'm Jimmy G. Oh,
0: but, you know, he's grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle uh, money-wise and, and you know, just living out in California. I don't know if he could do it. I'm surprised that he took the pay cut. I don't know if he would go all the way out there. What about, what about if he got traded to Cleveland? Would you rather have the 6.5 and sit in San Fran or go play in in
1: Cleveland? Again, if you're playing, Cleveland and Detroit are both kind of jobs right now that are, you know, you you can talk yourself into with the team being a winner. Cleveland's a little trickier because he'd be, again, a backup by the end of the year. So you would get the incentives for playing. Is that worth sitting behind Deshaun Watson? I don't know. That's a hard one.
0: That is all that we have for the NFL stories. We're quick and easy, straight into to the point. That's how we do it here on the podcast. Now, we're going to send us right into the 911 rapid fire. We're going to start it off with Wally taking a victory lap on David and I, even though David's not here. But Geno Smith wins the starting quarterback job in Seattle, Wally.
1: This is the first of many battles this year because Drew Locke will play. Geno is just the first man up. But I've been saying it from the beginning. Geno protects the ball. Drew Locke doesn't. Geno's the better guy for them if they're actually trying to win. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson got traded to Philadelphia. Howie making another move in exchange for a couple late-round picks. Brought a couple safeties in there in in New Orleans, so they feel good. What do you make of this move for Philadelphia?
0: I'm just still trying to wrap my head around what the hype is with CJ. Career, he's allowed 62% completion percentage. I want to say it was like 67% last year against him but he's only allowed five touchdowns he was on a loaded defense in his first three years there in new orleans so obviously that's going to help but this is where i like it he's going to a similar if not better situation in philadelphia he have you already have darius slay and james bradbury in that secondary you have a front seven with brandon graham you got fletcher cox you got hargrave you have a Reddick, and then you add the rookie jordan davis this is a loaded defense that, yeah, you know what? We're going to stick you on our third-best receiver or their third-best receiver. Even though he's allowing a pretty solid completion percentage, I think it's a good pickup with the Eagles. LaVisca Shenault traded from the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Carolina Panthers this past week for a sixth- and seventh-round pick. Baker got a little bit new toy. What do you think of it?
1: I think that, at least for their sake, it's it's a low-risk, high-reward scenario. But I think more importantly, if I'm a Jaguars fan, you look at this, that 2020 draft class was all-time bad. C.J. Henderson not on the team, ninth overall pick. Cave Lawn Chasen, the edge out of LSU, only has two sacks still on the team, and now you get rid of Chenault. Makes you just feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars have no direction over the last few years since that AFC championship game. Last thing to say, if the Panthers are going to fuck up the Browns, like Baker Mayfield says, the Thurs keep pounding – this could help giants trade Kenny Galladay but his dead cap and contract made it almost impossible to move him David Gettleman's final gift what do you make of this move or lack thereof 21 mil a cap hit 31 mil in in dead
0: cap hit you gotta bite the bullet get rid of this guy since day one he's not wanted to be a part of this organization which by the way Kenny Galladay Did you not watch the last decade of football and realize how bad the New York Giants are, let alone Dave Gettleman himself? Why are you so surprised that you go here and you fucking hate it? Yeah, they're bad. And guess what? We all saw you not run block in a preseason game against the Jets. You practice like you play. If you're not doing it in the preseason, why am I going to trust you during the season? Get this fucking dude out of here. David Gettleman and him take an Uber to the airport. Go fucking fly somewhere together. Oh, Wally, I've been waiting for this. Alex Leatherwood released by your Vegas Raiders because the man is straight poo-poo, but it's okay. He got picked up by the Chicago bears, which I love any parting words for, for your lover, Alex Leatherwood.
1: Go bears. I'm on, I'm officially on the train. I'm officially on the train. This, first of all, they took the base salary that the Raiders were going to have to pay Alex Leatherwood when they claimed him, which was a big surprise but on top of that, now I get to actually reform the hurt you a little bit too after you've hurt me this last month. This is perfect. And you know what? People are criticizing the Bears. I understand it looks, the optics aren't good. This is what a team like Chicago has to do. You have to take flyers on, again, lower risk, high reward players. You move them to guard, who knows? Maybe Alex Leatherwood can carve out a decent career up there in the Windy City. He can't.
0: He cannot. Two things. Green Bank, gonna feast. Two, you're gonna take you're gonna you're gonna take your money and use it against Leatherwood when you refuse to pay Roquan Smith. Yes, I know they are way different numerically, but my goodness, I love the Leatherwood pickup. Fawns, you're gonna hear so much shit from me this past year or this next year about that. Week two. I'll fucking see you there.
1: He's a goat. You hear the music, Steven? Aaron Rodgers. He's out here driving down the field under the influence. What do you make about this new playing under Perks Aaron Rodgers story? First of all, it's nothing new,
0: right? Aaron's not the only guy to do it. He's not the first. He's not the last, not the only. I think I would hate it more if it was a quarterback I didn't like. But since it's my own quarterback, I kind of like it of just bridging the gap of the media and what the NFL players are actually like, right? Sorry, my quarterback fucks right? Sorry, my quarterback parties and likes to pop a perk or two to have a 21 point comeback against the aforementioned Chicago Bears. I know that was one story, but yeah, you know what? It is kind of shitty that NFL players play on Molly and Percocet. Oh, sorry, just Percocet. You got you got the song stuck in my head, but you know what? It's happening everywhere. It, so many players are currently playing on them. I'm not surprised if someone's taking a perk right now to get ready for another practice that they have today. Yeah, it's happening, but I don't know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers airing out the dirty laundry of the NFL. But the NFL has an image problem enough. I don't think Aaron's going to be adding on to that. I think he's making it better, I'd argue. He fucking parties. I'm sorry. And with that, that is going to bring us to our last predictions for the AFC and NFC West. You know, we had to save the best for last. We know what the juggernaut of the AFC is looking like. The NFC is not looking half bad outside of Seattle. But we're going to start it off in the AFC where the Denver Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Fresh off a five-year extension for their quarterback, Russell Wilson. I don't know the numbers. It was like five-year, 265
1: guaranteed. Yep, five-year, $245 million, guarantee. That's pretty new for us. It's coming in the last couple hours here. And that's also with another
0: two years that Russ has on that contract. So seven years up in Mile High, a quarterback that said he finds himself maybe playing for another 10 to 12. We'll see if he even lives out that contract. Let's, let's worry about that. They're over-under, said that 10 and a half. Wally, where are you taking your Denver Broncos? Yeah, I said yours. just to Just to piss you
1: off. It doesn't piss me off because – this is the forgettable team now. This is the fourth place. AFC West, bottom dweller. The Raiders own them. I'm not afraid of them. Nine and eight, the under. Everybody is so high and believing that Russell Wilson just going to jump in and all these problems of this team is going to just magically disappear. Drew Locke sucked, yes. But last year, Seattle, he didn't look exactly look great there himself. We'll get to Seattle and how much of a dumpster fire they are but he's going to step in. The team will get better. Russell Wilson will look more like vintage Russell Wilson, but at the same point, I I just have a a difficult time thinking that they're going to be able to win enough games to get themselves in a playoff position, which is where this over under is set at. I think they're going to struggle in division win two or three games, I have them at nine and eight. I mean, this is a team that notable draft picks you have edge, Nick Bonito, who should be a fun guy to bring in. But beyond that, they didn't get a lot better there. This is just, to me, a, an above-average team. Nothing more, nothing less. I think Russell will take them a
0: little bit notch over. I know how. I know you're standing on Russ, and I'm kind of like one foot in, one foot out on that standing. But the over 10 and a half, I'm taking the over. I have him winning 11 games. Easily could be 10. Easily could be nine. Easily could be six. Like you said, we don't know how much Russ is actually going to impact this team. But he's impacting the most important position. Right, what we've all been knocking Drew Lock on is he can't get get the ball to anybody. Now there's a lot of unproven receivers on this roster. Not a single Pro Bowler on this skilled position or in the skill position on of this offensive roster outside of Melvin Gordon, who hasn't been in the Pro Bowl for three years. He went twice in the, in Los Angeles. So take that with a grain of salt. A lot of unproven position players in here. Doesn't mean that I don't think Russ is going to shine. I like the addition of Randy Gregory on that defense. You're going to have Bradley Chubb back. We already saw him pop in Zeke Elliott here in practice. That secondary with Justin Simmons and, and Pat Sertain, Jr., PS2, there we go. I like them a lot, but you're in this
1: division. My two questions for you, I think that we'll at least get an idea of where we stand. Russell Wilson, in this division this year, where do you rank him in quarterbacks? third or fourth? Because I feel like he's got to be third or fourth.
0: If we're going, if we're going based off last year, I'm going to go with fourth, but if we're going out like throughout the career, I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him third.
1: And that's fine. So I was like, just, if we're saying third, and then in this division, you have six games against the Raiders against the chiefs against the chargers. How many are you going to have them win? Because I think that was where I have them hitting the under, I think they're going to win two games in division, probably split with the Raiders potentially split with the Charger, I think they've lost 180 straight games to the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes has never lost to the
0: Broncos since he's been since he's become the starting quarterback. I have not to be ahead of myself here with all the rest of the teams, I have them all going three and three. That is a bloodbath. And I think I can see them all splitting with each other just because of how intense it's going to be. It also depends when the matchups are going to be, too. You know, if they're going to be a little bit later in the season, then yeah, it's going to be a little, little bit trickier. But from week thirteen on, they have Baltimore, Kansas City twice in Arizona. It's rough, but I'm I'm confident just strictly because I like I like Russ, and I think that adding that component is going to change that team because that was that was a slightly below five hundred team last year. Terrific quarterback play. You change that a little bit, missing a couple pieces. Yeah, I like him, and I like him when I like them slightly hitting the over. But I'm not going to be surprised if they lose with if they lose this by just winning ten games.
1: This is what makes the over-unders hard in the AFC West. If you have them at three and three in division to hit the over, they have to go eight and three outside of it. And I just don't think they're that deep.
0: Well, you got to look at their schedule, too. You got Seattle, Houston open it up. Okay. Uh, All right. You got a toss up against the Colts. You got the Jets and the Jags sprinkled in there. You have Tennessee. Are you really high in Tennessee? You got Carolina. How are we feeling about Carolina? Then the la- Then 13 to 18 is just a brutal stretch. Like I said, of Baltimore, Kansas City, Arizona, Rams, Chiefs again, and then the Chargers. That's going to be a tough stretch. But if they're going to start the start the season off strong, then yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be easier for them to hit it. Obviously, I mean that's stupid of me to say. But if they get ahead in the wins before this stretch, I think they're going to be set up nicely.
1: Broncos play 17 games; they don't play 18 this year. That's all I'm saying. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? There's no playoffs for Denver they can lick my taint. i don't have them going to the playoffs but, but you have them over a 10 and a half and you have them missing the playoffs yes the fucking afc west you have them with 11 the wins missing a wild card just continue just continue if th- you realize all four afc west teams can make the playoffs up
0: like yes, that's uh, possible yeah. you know what actually actually every every division has the opportunity to send every single uh
1: but I'm saying if you have 11 wins and missing the playoffs, that means that there's got to be at the very least an 11-6 and six non-AFC West team that you have ahead of them. Is that true? Sure. Wow. I'm excited. Next week, again, we're doing our actual, here are division winners, here are our playoffs, blah, 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 our award winners. I'm excited to hear you, who you have ahead of Denver. But let's go into the Chargers now. They also have an over-under set at 10.5, which is... To me, a little surprising. I thought it would be higher. Before we get into crazy detail about them, is this the year that Brandon Saley is going to dial back the aggressiveness?
0: No, he's a defensive guy. We even heard, like in interviews in the midseason, if he was ever going to change. It's like, no, this is how I coach. And I, I want my identity to be represented by the team of just being able to go for it. And I love it. You know, it was really stupid when Harborough and, and Lamar were doing it every single fourth down but now we're going to kind of second guess Brandon Staley. Yes. I know there's a couple of losses that solely land on his lap because of those fourth downs, but I like it. Got them at the over. I have them winning 11 games. If you can see the trend here, every, I have basically every AFC West team hitting that 10 to 11 wins. Best defense in the division on paper, at least, you know, they still haven't played together. You got Cleo Mack. had JC Jackson that they added. Of course, they also added Kyle Van Noy, Sebastian Joseph to, to that defense, some nice veterans, Hopefully they can help with that horrible run defense that was given up north of 200 yards per game on the ground. But you hit the nail on the head. How are the fourth down conversions going in their favor this year? As A big component is I like those teams that those one possession losses that teams have. They usually even up over the next couple of years. I'm expecting those fourth down calls to kind of even up going into this year. And the Chargers to take a ginormous step. Justin Herbert in year three, we already know what he can do. I'm excited to see what he can do this year and I'm running it back, Justin Herbert, MVP, lock it in.
1: It's very possible. It's very possible that he ends up winning the MVP. And they're going to, this year, if they avoid the injuries, and it always seems like it's something with the Chargers. They're world beaters on their 53-man roster going into seasons, and whether it be injuries or whether it be going forward and forth down a million times and costing yourself a playoff spot like they did last year, this is the year they're going to live up to that San Diego Superchargers that Chris Berman sound because the super is the key word there because this is a team that could be a Super Bowl team. Yes. I love this offense. The offensive line is going to be one of the better in the entire league again. That center-to-left tackle, you have Corey Lindsley, you have Rashawn Slater, and they're both glowing over their first-round pick this year, Zion Johnson out of Boston College. It sounds like he's going to be a day-one impact starter, a lot like Quentin Nelson was with the Colts a few years back. Love the offense. Again, avoid injuries. There's not a hole there. Defense, the only thing that scares me is getting rid of Uchenna woso and Kazeer White. It's tough. I mean, that's the, the middle of the defense is going to at least be something that teams are going to try to target and try to isolate good secondary, amazing front four. That's the only part that I can see being a natural Achilles heel outside of injuries.
0: Your Vegas Raiders are third up here on the block the over under set at eight and a half, which I kind of see as disrespectful. Your team, you go up first, Wally, you taking the over to the under on the Raiders win total this year.
1: Should have mentioned it before. Chargers, I had to over their twelve and five. Also have the Raiders over. They're eleven and six. Uh, I was like you. I thought it was disrespectful at first, but my Homer brain, I think, is probably overselling this a little, just because everything is going to hinge on the offensive line this year. Joe, let me just go through these names for you. Outside of left tackle Colton Miller, who's a very stable left tackle, you have John Simpson. 2024th round pick who's going to be slotted in at guard, Andre James who, meh, a lot of teams really weren't even excited about him when he hit free agency a few years ago. Lester Cotton senior at right guard and Jermaine Alua Manor. I think I'm pronouncing that right, What's Alua M- Mooner. I can never do that because that was the incumbent Alex Leatherwood's position, and now all of a sudden it's gone. The only hope there is that rookie tackle Tyre Munford out of Ohio State is going to be able to slide in and actually play and look good. That scares me. That offense line is such a glaring weakness. It's one of the worst in football, let alone this division. God, you need guys like Zamir White, Zeus, to step up and look good right away at running back. Secondary, he's got question marks without Gus Bradley coming back. Casey Hayward and Trayvon Mullen is gone. I have over, but I can understand why people are worried that this is going to be the team that just doesn't live up to the hype.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm also taking the over on this team. I have them at 10 wins, and Vegas has the opportunity of being the best offense in the division. And this was a top, this was a top six passing offense last year. They have, they have the ability to be a top five offense, period, in the NFL with the weapons that they have. But like you said, you have the O-line question mark. But on the defensive side, you add Chandler Jones with Mad Max. Still have a lot of questions on that secondary, which you've you've heard me talk about all offseason. Give me Rocky Soon. Let's go. And you're going up, you're going up against some good, some good lines as well to, to kind of combat Chandler Jones and Mad Max. You have Kansas City that allowed the third least sacks last year in 28, and the Chargers who were tied for sixth in the lowest at 31. But man oh man, Broncos and the Raiders tied at allowing the 11th most sacks last year. It's going to be a battle of the lines in the in the AFC West, and I like this a lot. I have the Raiders going. You, you add Devontae. I was going to wonder Debron when AFC. he was going to come up. What? I I don't want to talk about it. Okay, it still hurts. You add Devontae. Who's going to take more eyes off of Hunter Renfro? Who's going to take more eyes off of off your boy if he ever wants to not be injured here? I don't know. I don't know why the fuck I'm blanking on your tight end's name right now. Darren Waller.
1: He, you he have Darren Waller too. You have like a like a mental block with Darren Waller for some reason.
0: Yeah, because I thought he was going to be on the Packers, and they won't trade for him, so now now he's dead to me. You have Josh Jacobs, and you have, and you have that rookie that you're really high on. Again, it's going to come down to, I think, both of your lines on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to take them with the over.
1: I appreciate that. Hopefully, uh, if he gets time, if he gets time, that offense with Derek Carr at the helm is finally going to look like the Corvette it's been built to be all year. Kansas City's had that Corvette. It's more of a Maserati the last few years. Over, under, again, theme in the AFC West outside of my unfortunate Las Vegas Raiders, 10 and a half. Again, felt low to me. All Patrick Mahomes has done in his career is go 12 and 4, 11 and 3, 14 and 1, and 12 and 5 as a starter. Why do I have to believe this is the year that they're going to fall short of 10 and a half wins, Stephen? Well, while you were
0: dogging me, I had everyone split in the division. It's going to be a bloodbath within the division, let alone the whole conference. So I think that's why and people are starting to take notice, maybe a little bit of a dip halfway through the season last year. But I have Kansas City hitting the over. Yes, I know they lost Tyreek Hill and the transcendent receiver in Brian Pringle and key piece in defense of the Honey Badger. But Mahomes got some new toys in Juju Smith. He's got uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and a lot of hype coming out of not only Sky Moore, but Isaiah Pacheco there in the backfield of being the two running back, potentially the starter by halfway through the year. The production looks like it can be easily replaced with just those first two guys that I listed off, but collectively all four of them, it for sure can be replaced. And it's not going to be duplicated as pretty as what Tyreek Hill was going to do, but there's going to be a lot. And don't forget, Travis Kelsey's still there, if you guys remember him. The guy who, who might be going down as the best tight end a ever in NFL history, that's an argument for a completely different day. It's hard for me to bet against Pat Mahomes, but don't worry, I'm not turning over a new leaf. I'm sure I'll hop back on the Chiefs hate train here by halfway through the season. But as of right now, I'm taking the Chiefs over.
1: I am too, and if you can do math, you understand I'm making them my division champs. They are 13 and 4 for me. I can't undersell Mahomes like many want to do. Uh before I get into a couple notes I want to have here, I saw a crazy little piece of information yesterday. First of all, it's Isaiah Pacheco. Is that how you pronounce it? Hell if I know. I'm, I'm free I'm free balling right now. Perfect. He's only a month younger than Clyde Edwards-Elair, which is just kind of baffling considering the fact that he's been in the league for it feels like a million years already. But anyways, going to the rookies on the defensive side of the ball that the Chiefs added – Trent McDuffie and George Carl Loftus, I think are going to be day one impactful starters. George Carl Loftus is going to be one of those guys that maybe not TJ Watt or JJ Watt skill level, but they're the kind of guys that you're going to wonder how the hell did they fall until midway through the first round for him? It was late first round before he went. I think he's going to be not only good in uh, the run game, which is kind of, not normal anymore for these elite edges they kind of sell out on the pass he's well-rounded and then Trent McDuffie yeah you lose Tyron Matthew yeah you lose Tavarius Ward but you bring in a guy that is expected to be another day one impactful starter like I said this might be the team or might be the year that the Chiefs are almost going to take a Packer approach and say our defense is going to be something that is going to push us over the top in AFC West. It won't just be Patrick Mahomes in this offense and the weapons they added that you mentioned before. We flipped from the AFC to
0: the NFC. Let's just rip this band-aid off. I wouldn't even call it a band-aid. The Seattle Seahawks have set their over under to five and a half. As you can tell, it's very laughable, at least on my end. Wally, where do you have Pete Carroll in the in the Hawks? Go Hawks ending this year.
1: I have the under. I have them at 4-13. and 13. This team is terrible. country, let's fly. Ooh, I like that. That's terrible. That's It's really bad, but I enjoyed that. <laughs>
0: fucking miserable. I this need team, to do oh, that. popped up in my head. I had to cut you off for it.
1: No, no, please. I, if you ever have something that bad, I expect you to cut me off. That She's was fine. worth it. But this team is only interesting because we decided to make it interesting by arguing Geno Smith versus Drew Locke. That's the only reason that there's any appeal here it's going to be probably flipping back and forth between the two because Pete Carroll's going to try his best to at least put a winning product out there. And there's just not the quarterback in that locker room that can do it. I know I'm a high on Geno Smith. When I say high, I mean, I'm higher on him than drew lock though. So I got to at least throw a positive. If I'm going to throw all this negative, like you lose Russell Wilson or Chris Carson's retired due to medical issues, Dwayne Brown leaves, Bobby Wagner's gone. I have to give them something to be happy about. If only to have a joke on Russell Wilson, this draft class was the first time I've loved the Seattle draft class in forever. They focused on the offensive line for one. They brought in Charles Cross of Mississippi state They brought in Abraham Lucas of Washington state. And then you have another two key pieces coming in, in Boye Mafé, the outside linebacker from Minnesota, everybody was in love with. And then Kenneth Walker to third, yeah, he took a lot of hits in college, but he's the kind of back that can at least give your fans a reason to watch for the next three years while this team is going to be winning three, four, five games.
0: Under, 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 under. This team is going to be bad. I this team is going to be rough to watch. I have them going one and five in the division. I have them winning three games overall, only, and one of those is beating the Rams week eighteen because they've already locked up the division and potentially the number one spot. But you know you know, a game at home, at least NFC South Chargers, Broncos, six division games. There's 12, there's 10 to 12 losses right there. Pete Carroll's last season is going to be a bad one. I don't know how you're going to get it to your, do you have a nice receiving core? How are you going to get it to him? Don't have a line. You have an unproven line at that. I don't know. Maybe Charles cross and Abraham Lucas are the answer. Maybe you got two Alex Leatherwoods. You don't know. Swing. Yeah, I, yeah, I got to throw the jabs at it. I know you're a big Raiders Brown or bears guy. Now, I just, hard. I just don't, I just don't see this team being good, being able to put string drives together, let alone wins together. Th- this is gonna be rough. Seattle's gonna realize how bad it is without a- actually having Russell Wilson at their quarterback, and like, it's gonna be like when Russell's hurt or when Aaron's hurt or any good quarterback's hurt. Wow, this team's actually really bad. I didn't realize how important the quarterback position was until we had to play with a backup. Pete Carroll, have fun, man. San Francisco over and under set at nine and a half. As you know, you have Jimmy G there and the, and the second year starter in Trey Lance or first year starter, second year player in Trey Lance taking over nine and a half. What are you taking on this, Walter?
1: I'm taking you over. I loved this team for a few years now. Kyle Shanahan one of my favorite coaches in the league. I know there's kind of rumblings that he might be unhappy or there might be some kind of friction between him and the organization, I hope that's not true, because I think that it's a really good match if they are able to see through their problems. And like his dad, it doesn't matter who the running back is. They find success. This comes on the heels of Trey Sermon got waived yesterday, which was stunning and a little disappointing as a Buckeye fan. But if you move beyond the Buckeye part of that, it shouldn't be surprising because a lot like his dad, the undrafted guys, the late-round draft picks, are the guys that actually come through and play well in this system, you have Jeff Wilson Jr. undrafted, who's going to basically take that number two role. And you have Elijah Mitchell, who, as a six-rounder last year, beat out Trey Sermon. With Trey Lance hopefully being able to, to grow in this offense this year, I think there's no reason to believe that this team can't win the NFC West and make a push to even get back to an NFC title game. I have over 11-6, and six, and I feel pretty confident about that.
0: We are on opposite sides of the spectrum. I'm I am taking their over. I have the and I have them being a 10-win team, but I'm really not that confident in the pick because some of these are toss-up games simply because we don't know what the offense with Trey Lance running the ship is going to look like. After their week 10 bye, they have the Chargers, Arizona twice, a team that they've been three and three over the past three years with. New Orleans, we'll see what they look like. Miami, Tampa Bay, Seattle, <laughs> Washington, <laughs> and then the Raiders. That's how you're gonna finish this team out. What I am confident in is I believe in Kyle Shanahan and what he's able to do. He was able to make Jimmy G the quarterback that we used the quarterback win record with. Yeah, well, look how many wins he has. Yeah, it's fucking Kyle Shanahan that's causing this. Let's be real here. Look, how, look at what happened to Atlanta once he left. Where's Matt Ryan? Where's Julio? Oh, they gone. They cannot run an offense without Kyle Shanahan. I believe in him more than anything. Trey Lance, I think is going to make a pretty positive step, but we're still in that. We are where we were a year ago. We don't have enough tape on Trey Lance to, to make an actual assessment of what we believe Sam Fran and that offense is going to be capable of, but I do believe in Kyle Shanahan. I will take the over on this, Walter.
1: I have a question for you before we go on to uh, other teams at NFC West here. Debo Samuel, he got his three-year extension after what an offseason for wide receivers. He was the last domino to fall. Do you think he's going to still be used in a similar way that he was last year? Or do you think that part of the agreement of him signing back is that there's an understanding that he will not be used the same way or at least won't be happy about it?
0: I'd have to reread it, but from what I from what I remember, there was an incentive based with him being able to get rushes or touches out of the backfield. Per game, that's going to give him a little bit more money. I've also heard stories that he never really said he didn't like the way that he was used, more or less of being like, "Oh yeah, I would complain about getting the ball more." But I, I understand why he would not want to do it. But why would you not want to add that? Keep at That's what made you that much, that much more successful last year. And again, get it, you're a pretty, you're a pretty damn good receiver. But you add the four or five, five hundred rush yards that you had. Why not? you, you add a couple more touchdowns and you're going to be able to put some more money in your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. And with the emergence of Brandon Ayuk, apparently that's the wide receiver that everyone in San Francisco is talking about because of his chemistry with Trey Lance already. Yeah, you might as well. If you have Brandon Ayuk, you can have streaking down the sideline. Why not have you do an end around two or three times every game?
1: Yeah, I don't have much to add. It's just Debo. That's what made him special is his usage. So it'd be weird if he completely cut that out. Arizona. Their total is set at eight and a half. Couple things before I throw it over to you here. DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the first six games due to a PED suspension. And I think probably even more significant Call of Duty comes out on October 28th. How does this affect Kyler Murray in this win? You took
0: everything out of, out of my notes I was going to use. Yeah, you have no D hop for the first six games. The C- and the season starts off crazy. You have Kansas City. Vegas, Rams, Philly through the first five weeks. They also have five divisional matchups before the week thirteen buy that they have. took it right away from my notes. But call of duty is coming out just around that time or right after. But they do have a great opportunity to be able to control the West based on the schedule that I just listed off here. But are they more likely to crumble like we like we are used to them? Or are they actually going to catch a second win this year and pull it off and actually work a complete season? Diop's only going to be able to play 11 games, which that is going to be the healthiest he has ever been in, in this late in the season in his whole career. You can say that about any NFL receiver, anyone that's got suspended or had time off in the first six weeks, because it's going to take you a little bit longer to get beat up. But I still have the cards under. I don't really believe in Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know how I feel about Kyler Murray. And until proven otherwise, I'm expecting Kyler to be balls deep in Call of Duty. I'm expecting Cliff Kingsbury to have his offense and whole team crumble post-week 12. So I'm going to take them. We're We're on the same page here. Eight and nine, taking the under by the hook.
1: Yeah, you just said it. I have eight and nine, the under. I don't see how this team gets better. They lost quite a few key pieces in and on top of that. They're a different team without DeAndre Hopkins, and that's six games without him. I have Chris, what Christian Kirk, Chandler Jones, Chase Edmonds, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Phillips, all gone. And I know that we joked, joked about a few weeks ago with the NFL Top 100, but James Conner, yeah, he's a short yardage back. But if he's got to be the bell cow, we saw what that did to that offense in Pittsburgh. I think it's going to really make it difficult for Kyler Murray to be as good as we expect. Now, who knows? Maybe Trey McBride lives up to the hype. Some people – really think that he can be the next feature tight end in the league. But I just don't get it. I, I look at this team. I know that a lot of people are still high on them. Last year, the stats were there. Both sides of the ball, they look good. They should fall off, I think, significantly in every facet of that. I, again, have eight wins. And I if it wasn't for the schedule, I think it probably would have been even fewer. The Los Angeles Rams,
0: to wrap up our final team, making the over – over under prediction they are set at 10 and a half wally they are back they are retooled sharper and better than they were last year where do you have the rams finishing this year
1: i was disappointed when i went through and picked all the games because the defending super bowl champions i thought were going to have a big fall off but when i went through i still had them at 12 and 5 and possibly again due to the divisions that the nfc west are playing but the losses of Andrew Whitworth, I think nobody's talking about that's going to be a big deal. Naturally, Vaughn Miller is going to be a, a big loss. But even guys like Johnny Hecker and Austin Corbett, guys that are under the radar losses, I think are really going to affect this team. You might get OBJ back mid-year. It sounds like he's kind of waiting to see how the cards fall throughout the year, where he's going to decide to go. But they did bring in some key pieces too. And Allen Robinson should be, a dominant force for that offense. It's the first time he's had a quarterback in his career, realistically. And you bring in Bobby Wagner. Yeah. maybe he's lost a step, but that should be big too. So I do think this team wins and hits the over. I think that they're probably still my pick to win the division, but I'd be surprised if this team comes out of the NFC back to back years.
0: Without wide open the NFC, seemingly looking like right now I'm I'm, I wouldn't be as surprised as you are but I have them right there I think I'm at 13 wins anywhere from 11 to 13 wins is really where I had this team once I went over a couple times like I said they're they bring back their core stars you add Allen Robinson to that offense you add Bobby Wagner to that defense Aaron Donald news has been rather quiet on that front since we talked about it last week credit
1: to you by the way you drilled that NFL is falling back on the oh we, we have no jurisdiction we can't do anything really because
0: it was two NFL teams of a player that plays for your organization called the national football, okay, that's neither here nor there. This could change drastically say a say a four game suspension comes out of it or six games to match miles Garrett that my mindset on this team is way different in this and the the win total is looking very different as well. We'll see what that looks like. only time will tell. They open with Buffalo, but then you have games against Atlanta you have games against. Arizona and San Francisco, McVay, can you finally get the Mc, the Shanahan monkey off your back this year and stop losing to this man outside of the NFC Championship game? I know. I know you are waiting for that one, Wally, but I fucking beat each other punch. They open up with that. They have a week seven bye, and then hello, AFC West, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Seattle twice, <clears throat> New Orleans. Have fun. They will have a tough stretch in the back end of their schedule but I think they can get it done because this team is loaded. They are just as loaded as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they don't have offensive line injuries, so maybe they're a little bit more loaded. I like this Rams. I am nowhere near surprised, as surprised as Wally, if they do repeat as the NFC representative in the Super Bowl, but we all know that it's going to be Philly. It's Philly's title to lose, Wally.
1: Good. You're getting me excited again. You're getting me revved up. I know you did that on purpose, but next week, again, you guys are going to want to hear it. We're going to give you all of our – Division winners, our playoff matchups, kind of basically just do the playoff version of what we did with the predictions right here. And who knows, maybe I have uh, Philadelphia going pretty far. Maybe we'll have to talk about it.
0: Something that we didn't add here when we we're talking about the West is the addition of Sonny Michelle to that backfield for the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know how much that's gonna how the, how that's gonna play, just flash across my TV because they got Austin Eckler, Josh Kelly, Sonny Michelle, and Isaiah Spiller all in that running back room. I know it's way off topic. Do you think that Sonny Michelle is going to add anything beneficial or anything like he did last year to the Rams?
1: No, absolutely not.
0: With that, that's going to bring (laughs) us to another end of an episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down, and then Twitter, down underscore loss. I have no keynote numbers for you because I have been dry and cold since I spoke about it on this podcast. Big surprise. That's how gambling works. And Wally is actually the reason I totally forgot about that. Yeah, But – I have, not, I have not stopped seeing the number five since you said that was your lucky number. I told you! Shout out to our sponsors. We got tabbies.com. We use promo code football for 20% off that order as well as free shipping. And Abby Turner Creative at abbyturnerphoto.com. Saw Dad and Sapphire at her Instagram. Molly, do you have any parting words for the listeners this week?
1: College football is back. Starts tonight. Backyard brawl. And then Saturday night, Ohio State, Notre Dame. I couldn't be happier. We're officially there
0: seven days until the nfl kicks off which means 10 days till the glorious nfl sunday hey if you guys are in columbus reach out to me i got four tvs enough room for everyone to sit down i'm gonna whip up my wings a little buffalo chicken dip the girl's gonna get a charcuterie board together we got our shit right let's get it the countdown begins Geno smith for mvp he's not gonna win mvp for his own team i i hate you